42, the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. Connecting you with experts and trendsetters who are leading innovation in law enforcement, private security, and personal protection. And now, your host, Adam Wills. Hey everybody, welcome to episode four of the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. Today we are going to be speaking with Alex Popoff from Visual Labs. These guys are the body-worn camera company that do not sell body-worn cameras. They have an absolutely innovative solution that is unlike anything else available on the market today. Visual Labs can help you get set up with a body-worn camera solution for your law enforcement agency, private security company, and we'll even talk about some other use cases in the show as well. But they'll help you do it on a budget that will actually get you a more robust feature set and platform than what you can get really from anybody else right now. So you have to check out this episode. So with that, let's go ahead and get started with my interview with Alex Popoff from Visual Labs. Hey, Alex, welcome to the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. Hi, Adam. Nice to be here with you. Yeah, so I kind of want to just set the hook right out of the gate here and um, let people know what you guys over at Visual Labs are all about. Uh, You guys kind of pride yourself on, you have this unique selling proposition, if you will, where you refer to yourselves as the body-worn camera company that doesn't manufacture body-worn cameras. Yeah, that that's always gets a, a good giggle out of some people and is a head scratcher because at the core of our company at Visual Labs, we're a software company. We're based in Menlo Park, California, in the heart of Silicon Valley, and being able to leverage the technology that's out there and make great software definitely sets us apart from other companies in the camera space who are making some great products, but they end up being proprietary pieces of hardware. Yeah, so let's let's go ahead and just clarify that. And I'm gonna I'll ask you this question, but uh, of course um, we probably have to let our audience know right off the bat that uh, you and I know each other and, and have known each other for several years and and kind of go way back. So I sort of know the answers to these questions, but um, other people that are listening to the show may not. So can you tell us? Well, then what does that mean if you don't manufacture your own hardware? What are you guys doing with your software? Are you using other companies' body camera systems, or how does that work? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, and one we get a lot. So basically, we have two parts of our system. One is going to be an Android application that goes on the agency's choice of Android smartphones. So whether it be Samsung or Kyocera or LG or Sonom or Motorola, it's being hardware agnostic to put our application on the smart device. And it's a fully functioning phone. So the agency's officers can still use it for phone calls and text messages and email. It's just a secure, encrypted, CGIS compliant application. And all of that content, the videos, the photos, the audio recordings, the GPS, they all upload to our backend website, which is also hosted in the cloud. And for that CGIS compliance as well, And that's where the agency has real-time situational awareness, evidence management, and some analytics. So those are the two pieces of software that we deliver. And as I just alluded to, there's no hardware that we're actually selling. It's either the application on the phone and then the website via the browser like Chrome. So I would say a common misconception that a lot of people have about Visual Labs and the platform that you guys offer is that when they find out that it's based upon utilizing cell phone or mobile phone technology instead of a proprietary camera itself, uh, there's this assumption that is made that your platform has limited capabilities and that there's things that other platforms with a proprietary camera uh, can do that Visual Labs cannot because you're restricted to using a mobile phone. Would would you say that's an accurate 
Well, I mean, of course, I, I'd have to disagree with that one. I think the, the results speak for themselves. There's, of course, some things that are disadvantages. For example, probably the one and really one of the only one complaints that we sometimes hear is that the phone is a little bit bigger than a typical camera. And that's really because it does so much more. And I think one of the key differentiators is the fact that this is an all-in-one solution. So whereas some agencies issue digital cameras and audio recorders and body cameras and cell phones, now an officer only has to carry around one piece of equipment. Probably another thing that is one of the most popular features and one I know that was extremely helpful for you when you were the undersheriff at Yuma County is the automatic upload. So whereas most camera systems require docking stations or car routers, we're just leveraging the LTE from the smartphone. And that is just a huge differentiator and time saver to be able to have the upload from the field in a timely manner and have the camera when you need them. So definitely would disagree that there's less functionality, but there is some things that we have to keep in mind that, um, you know, could be perceived as, as weaknesses. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously there is a reason why I invited you to be on the show, Alex. Um, you know, obviously I believe in what you guys do and, and the product and, and the service that you guys offer, because it's not just the product. Um, it, it is a service. And like we've both mentioned now, um, you and I have worked together in the past. Uh, when I was the undersheriff at Yuma County, uh, we selected visual labs as our body worn camera provider. Um, and that didn't come without uh, some testing. Um, there was no small amount of research and testing that we put into the the direction that we took on our body-worn camera project. And we kind of had some unique um, problems to solve with our agency that we felt like Visual Labs was able to solve for us that nobody else can. And so I wonder if maybe this would be that'd be a good time to talk about some of those things um, before we kind of get into all the other stuff that, that we wanted to talk about as well about what your, your platform can do. This is a good segue um, to talk about uh, those, those solutions that visual labs had specifically for our agency that I thought were a huge benefit. Yeah. So I think we met probably in the summer of 2016 over in, over in Morgan County. I think you, you took the trek yeah. trek down and, and uh, I don't want to misquote you, but I think you even admitted you were you were pretty skeptical taking that drive and thought, and thought it could yeah. be potentially just a waste of time. But uh, again, we touched on a little bit. The the automatic upload was huge when you have a, a, a department with a land area as large as Yuma County or even for a city. The more time that officers are on the streets patrolling and not at the station doing network upload or docking stations or checking in and out equipment, that that's a huge thing. Especially along those lines as well, I think the, the real-time GPS. So when you have an officer that's in pursuit halfway across the county to know where they are in real time when the subject foot bails, that's another big thing that those real-time components really get emphasized when you have such a, a large land area. And then just having the, the choice of hardware where with the cell carriers, whether it's Verizon or AT&T, or in your case, it was Vera Wireless, being able to say, hey, what are my phone options? Can I get an unlocked phone and put it on the network? Just being able to adapt to what your deputies wanted and needed, as opposed to being handed a body camera that was a one-size-fits-all approach. That's kind of my recollection of, of three of the things that, that really made it a good fit for your agency and others. Yeah. And I'm really glad that you pointed out uh, just how that transpired with your demo that you came out to do in Morgan County. And, and Morgan County is only two counties over from from uh, here. And uh, it's not a very long drive, at least when you're used to uh, being out in the middle of nowhere and, and having to drive places. And I saw that you guys were going to be there and doing this demo. And that, this was right at the beginning of the period of time where we were starting to do our research uh, on body worn camera system. And um, I looked at that and I saw the initial write up uh, brief description about 
what you guys were about and that it was a body-worn camera system that was run off of mobile devices. And I, I looked at that and admittedly, I was skeptical. And I thought, oh, no, there's no way that can work. And I almost didn't go. I almost I almost dismissed it altogether <laughs> and, and didn't go because I was in the I had a lot of other things going on at the time. And I was like, is this a good use of my time or isn't it? And ultimately, you know, I decided to go. As you know, uh, my sheriff and I at the time were very unorthodox, out of the box thinkers and uh, really liked to adapt new ideas, whether that was training or technology into our agency uh, because we we wanted to be on the leading edge of things. And so just because of that, I felt like, you know what, I have to at least go hear what this is about um, because maybe I'm wrong. So uh, boy, was I wrong. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm glad that I was wrong because it, it really opened my eyes. And um, you're right on, on some of those things that you recall as being the, the primary uh, uses for us. And the huge thing was, you know, we're, we're, a, we were a relatively small agency, um, depending up by, by Colorado state standards. Um, we were actually classified as a medium size agency. Uh, but we actually were a small enough agency and rural enough that we don't have 24 hour coverage all the time with our patrol staff. And so having a body worn camera system where a deputy would have to go into the office and get a camera off a docking station to start their shift, or at the end of the day, go put that camera on a docking station so that it can upload its footage. It just wasn't reasonable for us because our deputies would go home and be quote unquote off duty. Um, but they were on call a lot of the time. And there's, there's a ton of agencies in this country that are like that. I mean, we were certainly not the only ones in Colorado or, or even nationwide. In fact, um, more than half of the law enforcement agencies in, in this country, and I think it's actually closer to three quarters of the law enforcement agencies in this country are considered to be small to medium sized law enforcement agencies. And so having staff that are on call, I can't expect them to get a call in the middle of the night and need to go respond to a call for service and either go by the station to pick up a body camera or risk them having to go to the call without having a body camera at all. And so that auto upload using the cellular network um, was huge because it meant my deputies could take their devices home with them. They would have them ready to go uh, at a moment's notice when they were on call. And um, the footage would automatically be uploaded into the cloud. And usually that footage was available to me as an administrator. I could log into my computer within minutes of my deputies clearing a call and I'd be able to review and see all of the footage just by logging into the software system. And so that, that was huge for us. That was a game changer. Glad to hear that. And so I want to talk about a couple of the other pieces of technology that are that are unique to Visual Labs that we enjoyed, certainly, uh, within our agency um, that helped us meet a need for reporting. Let's talk about your geofencing capabilities. Yeah, so the, the geofencing is, that's probably one of my favorites and probably because I'm kind of a tech nerd being being a computer science guy of there's just so much data out there and the question is how do we display it in a way that is a deliverable piece of information and one of the things that you brought to our attention is the town of Eckley was one of your contract towns where there was always a question about how much patrol was being done there and were you abiding by the contract and while that's a specific example for you, that applies all over, whether a police department is patrolling a certain neighborhood or a certain school. And so the geofence capability allows you to set up a certain geographic area. It can be just an arbitrary polygon. Think of it on a, on a Google map. And because all of those location points are stored, only while the officer is on duty, of course, not when they take it home. You can run all kinds of reports of how many videos were taken in this area, how much time was spent in this area. You can draw a ad hoc geofence if you get a complaint on the fly that you're never in a certain area. And so just a lot of these things, being a police officer is hard enough as it is and trying to keep track of all the times that you were patrolling a certain area and for how long 
all that location data just comes up in the background with Visual Labs, and then the reports can be done on an as-needed basis and printed out for the contract city or the school district or city council, and just as one more facet of the system that you don't necessarily think of when you talk about body cameras. It's not just a camera. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's a pretty unique feature that you guys have. I mean, it's not that there aren't other body camera systems out there that have that geofencing uh, capability, the GPS capability. But I found that because you guys were leveraging the use of a cell phone network, um, it it just meant that you could do so much more with it. And it was really, it was one of my favorite features, if not my absolute favorite feature of that uh, system. And um, kind of had the the joy of being able to uh, play a role in, in helping you uh, build what that looked like and, and expand upon it. And it was just, it was huge for us because like you said, you know, we had this, we had a contract town and, you know, we, prior to implementing visual labs, we would go to those town board meetings on a monthly basis to update them on, you know, what we were doing in their town and how much time we were spending. And um, we would bring them these reports that often were just based upon um, what we would get from our CAD system. And unfortunately, uh, a lot of the time that information wasn't always the most accurate. And usually that's just because of human error of some way, shape or form, whether it's uh, the patrol deputy forgetting to log it or, you know, call it out on the radio that they're patrolling that area, or even the dispatcher forgetting to log it properly or under the right code. And so we ran into a lot of issues where we would go into these town board meetings and we would say to them, well, this is what the report says but we know we spent more time in the town than this. And, and unfortunately at a lot of the time we didn't have anything solid to be able to rest on and say, you know, we know we spent more time on this and this is how we know it. And here's how we can prove it until we started using visual apps and, and had that capability. And it really took the user error out of it because all our staff was doing is they, they log in, uh, they turn on their body camera and they log in at the beginning of their shift and they're wearing it. And it's constantly collecting that data. And anytime they would um, go within that geofence, it would report that data. And we were able to present the town board now every time we would go into these meetings with a, a map that would show a bunch of different things. And we could overlay them and re- re- remove or add different layers. And we could show them the exact paths that were taken through the town when our deputies were patrolling. We could color code those paths to be able to see which deputies they were. We could look at the heat maps and see where we were spending most of our time in the town. But ultimately what it meant was every month we could say, here's exactly how much time we spent in your town. Here's the exact places that we patrolled. Here is the exact places in your town that are requiring the highest amount of attention. And they loved it. Every month we'd come in and they'd see that and they go, wow okay, you guys, you guys really knocked it out of the park. You covered, you covered our entire town. You were very thorough. You spent lots of time, um, most of the time above and beyond the time that they were expecting of us. So yeah, that was, that was an incredible, incredible tool for us that we almost weren't really looking for when we were looking for a body camera system. Cause we were sort of focused as I think most administrators are on, well, I need the best solution to record our contacts and store and save those for discovery and for attachment to our cases. And this just happened to be another feature that we hadn't thought about that ended up being uh, absolutely huge for us. And to the point where we actually started drawing geofences around other places in, in our county, such as schools and other small towns that weren't necessarily contract towns, but they were unincorporated communities that similarly, we wanted to be able to respond to those citizens, when they would call and say, hey, we haven't seen one of your deputies in over a month, we could easily say, well, that's that's not exactly true. Maybe you weren't in the same place at the same time, but we've spent X amount of time in, in that community this month. And so, um, yeah, absolutely huge, Alex. Yeah, that was that brings back some good memories of, of working with, with my team to help build that feature of combining the different layers, as you said. And that's, that's one of the things that we go back to is software is just so versatile and so powerful. And when you work with agencies that 
express their exact needs, then we can make it happen. And that's, I think you mentioned at the top of the program here, it's, it's not just a body camera program or a technology program, but it's, it's a service and customer service does mean a lot to us. So I'm glad it turned out the way it did. I'm so glad you went there because that's exactly where I wanted to go next. And we can talk about all the different features. I mean, honestly, if we, if we wanted to spend our time just talking about everything that the visual lab system can do, um, we'd probably be here for a few hours. And so, um, we're not going to do that because I mean, it, it truthfully, you guys platform can do everything you would expect of a, of a body worn camera system and then some, but I have to admit, Alex, that really wasn't even the biggest selling point to me and, and ultimately why we chose to work with visual labs. I mean, we, we did this evaluation and compared you guys to several other platforms. And in that comparison, I mean, it showed you guys from a pen and paper standpoint, comparing the technology, apples to apples, you guys were in many cases above and beyond what the other uh, options are that are on the market. But what it really came down to for me and the sheriff was that your guys' customer service was was amazing and, and still is as far as I'm aware. I mean, we haven't worked together in that uh, capacity in a, a couple of years now, but um, there was never a time where you know I ran into an issue with, with anything, whether it be trouble with the platform, a bug, or something I was just confused about. Or heck, if I just wanted to call and chat and share my harebrained ideas with you about what could be done with the system, I was always able to get a hold of you and your team. And my staff were always able to get a hold of you and your team. And that, that just meant the world to me because that's not that's not typical, unfortunately, uh, a lot of the time. And so, yeah, I, phenomenal, phenomenal customer service. Appreciate it. So you guys are, have been working on a lot of stuff over the last couple of years um, since I was using your platform. And I guess I want to talk about some of the new things that you guys have been working on on the platform. But I also want to make sure we touch on something else here at some point, Alex, because um, this show and our audience isn't just about law enforcement. Uh, you know, We have listeners on the show that are in the private security sector as well which I know you work with. And so I think obviously law enforcement is the most obvious application for this. And it's, it's probably the most publicly aware application for a body worn camera system. But, you know, let's talk about how you guys are using this platform with private security companies. And again, some of the new, new things you guys have been working on. Yeah, no, that's a definitely an open-ended one there. And I guess it, it stems back a little bit to the fact that these past five, 10 years, we, we live in such a litigious society, unfortunately, where whether it's a police officer's word or really anybody's word comes into question. And if you don't have hard evidence that's unbiased, it's sometimes hard to show that you were doing the right thing. So really, when you step back, any organization that's trying to limit their liability and increase accountability and public trust and transparency body-worn cameras are a good fit for. So in public sector, could be fire and code inspectors. It could be EMS to give that situational awareness on the way to the hospital. In the private sector, I don't know if you actually know this, our very first customer was the San Jose Earthquakes in Major League Soccer. Yeah, I did And that. that was our first customer. customer um, because there are fans at soccer matches that get a little bit rowdy. And no way. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it's even crazier overseas, but uh, you know the, yeah. the it's a passionate fan base and and being able to document when whether it's the home supporters or the visiting supporters just taking it a step too far, having the cameras for private security was a very good opening salvo for us to show like hey this this concept works it has a lot of applications in a lot of sectors. And as I think I've sent you some pictures, it's the the one time I put on a suit and tie each year we've been in use at the last three Super Bowls. So that's been a personal highlight of mine, but also a company highlight to see it in, you know, 
sports's biggest stage, arguably. So seeing it there and then just, you know, other things in the private sector where you have people repossessing, you have people who are needing to shut off power, any sort of public servant who wants to cover their bases when they're having a adverse, uh, adversarial contact with, with certain people. And, and unfortunately that, that happens more often than, than you might hope in today's world. Yeah. Agreed. And it's, so, an, it's an unfortunate thing. Yeah. And I guess in the second part of your question is what, what's some of the stuff that, that has, we've been working on or what's been, what's been new since we, we worked together. Yeah. Probably the, the two biggest things have been the dash camera component of our system, which again, you might be a head scratcher, especially those who've been in law enforcement for many, many years. Dash cameras well predate body cameras probably late nineties is probably when some of the, the first dash camera yeah. came out and they had, uh, you know, tape and evolved yeah. into DVD and it's, it's pretty crazy. And some agencies have decided to go away from dash cameras in favor of just body cameras, but there are many, especially County sheriffs or highway patrol that, that like to have those angles. And when we started this company you know, we were focusing on the body cameras and that that still is definitely a focus and what most of the focus in the news media is as well as on body cameras but having the dash cameras as a secondary angle is huge and because we're using smartphone technology we're getting agencies up and running with about six hundred dollars worth of hardware as opposed to six thousand and like the body cameras, the footage can automatically upload. It can link with your body camera so that they can turn on the automatic triggers with the emergency lights. And it just gives an even more seamless experience. So agencies who are looking for that one-stop shop that we might not have been able to serve before, now we can give them their body camera, dash camera, even interview camera solution, all leveraging smartphones and, and USB cameras as needed. And then the, uh, the secondary piece of that was now that you have all this footage, the open records laws have definitely opened up a little bit more in Colorado, your home state passed the recent legislation this summer, California had some new laws with, re with respect to open records. And so we actually acquired a redaction platform and integrated it seamlessly into visual labs where you can pull up a piece of footage, click a button, and then it automatically finds and redacts all the faces. So not to, not to say that, you know, our product was in any ways deficient when we started working with you, but there's always, always room for improvement even now. But those were two of the things that we saw as the low hanging fruit to be able to have an even more powerful one-stop shop platform for video evidence and management. Yeah. And when, when I was last using the platform, you guys were testing out that redaction software. It was just at the time it was external to, to your own software. Correct. Yeah. So, so and, I, and I thought it was, it, I mean, it was easy to use. It was a pretty neat um, software. And so it's, it's really nice to hear that you guys have integrated that directly into the visual lab software itself now. Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> Definitely a lot of credit goes to the, the engineering team to make that happen. There's, I guess, in, in technology world, one of the words that gets thrown around a lot is integrations and can we integrate with that? And it's a lot easier said than done, but to, to yeah. have it pull off, be pulled off, is, it, was, it was really great. And I know our customers are just loving the ability to hit a button on the website, have the audit trail and stay all in one place, nice and secure. Yeah. Well, and you, you made a good point here a minute ago about the cost advantage that you have with using mobile technology versus proprietary devices. And, you know, I mean, not only just the cost difference, but anymore, it seems like the cameras on these mobile devices are just as good, if not better than, than what's out there on the market. In fact, when, when I tested out your guys' system, uh, we tested on the, the Kyocera DuraForce Pro. Uh, with you know has a, a HD wide angle lens on it, and the, the camera on there, I found was actually a better quality than the latest devices that were available from some of the other competing body camera companies. And and they would admit themselves that yeah, there's newer technology out there, but we just haven't developed it yet because 
well, we have to invest all this money in creating the new devices. And so with how fast technology changes, it almost seems like those companies that are developing those proprietary devices, you're almost set up to constantly be behind the curveball uh, with what technology is available. Whereas with mobile devices, you have the ability to always be on the leading edge and have the latest and best cameras. For sure. I think that's that's one of the most exciting things. And it it comes down to that paradigm that I mentioned at the beginning. It's hardware versus software. And there's there's nothing wrong with the body camera companies out there. They make some really nice hardware, but just naturally that's the hardware cycle is a lot slower. And I have to admit, sometimes I have trouble keeping up with it with Samsung has feels like a press release every other week now with a new device and the 5G this and the 4K that and the I read about a phone earlier this week. I sent around to uh, my team as well. There's a phone that's coming out. I think it's like the, called the M51. It's going to have a 7,000 milliamp hour battery, which is about twice a typical cell phone. And it's going to have three or four cameras on the back. And so that's just that's just a pot of gold for for the folks here at Visual Labs to get to play with all these new devices that come out. And sometimes it's hard to keep track and keep up with them all, but ultimately you figure out what's best for the customer and what's best for customer a may not be what's best for customer B. And that's totally fine with it with us. As long as it has that big red button, you know, I'm a stickler (laughs) on that. Yeah. I think think the DuraForce pro two, actually they changed the color of the button. So it has a white button now, but I'm sure you would, you would pick it up (laughs) in no time. I, I don't care so much about the color of it, but the size of it was what was important to me. And, and uh, some of the folks listening to the show, it'll resonate with them too, because when you're in the middle of a, a high risk situation and your muscle memory kind of goes out the window, right? And so fine motor skills uh, are become even harder, if not impossible. And so you really need to to have a device in my mind. This was a big deal to me where you can use more gross motor skills. Um, no matter what you do, using a finger is still a fine motor skill, but a giant red button on the side of the device uh, is a lot easier to hit and find in the middle of an oh crap situation than you know a tiny little uh, a button that you know I have to find. Yeah, I think that it actually ties nicely to one of our other recent initiatives is, is the automatic triggers. And our philosophy, we, we've put a blog post about it together. It's at the end of the day, automatic triggers are a great backup situation of it's so important to have that muscle memory because a casual contact turns at, can turn adversarial on at a moment's notice. You see a suspicious activity, you get out of your car, you're on foot patrol, you're on bike patrol. You can't rely on certain triggers that we do have, such as the light bar activation I just mentioned, or we have a speed trigger where if you're going over a certain speed, the camera turns on or a holster trigger when you draw your gun or an officer injured trigger. But at the end of the day, there's so many law enforcement situations that are dynamic. We want to make sure that people aren't relying on those automatic triggers because unless you, you know, hooked up some, some leads into someone's brain to, figure out when they wanted their camera on. That's just not practical. There's no magic solution to say the camera will always be on whenever it needs to be on. And so humans are, are fallible. And so those automatic triggers are, are nice backups, but you always want to have a in-depth training program as well to make sure that officers have that muscle memory to turn on the camera. And hopefully they never need those extra triggers, but they're there if you need them. So can you tell me how, how does some of those triggers work? Cause I know how the speed trigger works. Cause obviously that was part of the platform uh, a couple of years ago when we were using it. Um, it's just based upon the GPS capability of the device itself. Uh, recognize is able to calculate your speed and then create a trigger that activates the camera over a certain uh, mile per hour speed that the administrator can set. But how does the, how does the light bar trigger and the holster trigger work? Have you guys adopted uh, your own technology or third-party technology to do that? Or, or what does that look like? Yeah, so the holster sensor is a third-party module. This It's actually used by, by other body camera companies as well. 
It's basically a small metal detector. Imagine it the size of about a thumb drive that attaches to the gun. Or sorry, the gun holster, not the gun. Um, attaches to the gun holster and detects metal. And so when the gun is drawn, it no longer detects that metal connection. And it sends a Bluetooth signal to the phone, which is running our application. And if you're not already recording, hopefully you are, it does turn on the camera. And so... Again, there's pros and cons to Bluetooth. Generally, it's pretty reliable, but you just, uh, again, always want to have that muscle memory. But it's it definitely brings, brings peace of mind to a lot of agencies who say, hey, when an officer's gun is drawn, I want to be recording. And that definitely would have helped the situation in some of the officer-involved shootings and incidents that we've seen throughout 2020. The, uh, the whole, the blue light trigger light bar triggers, actually, that was the brainchild of one of our summer interns last year, which was, it was oh, cool. super awesome. He had a background, a little bit in electronics and electrical engineering, and it is technically not a light bar trigger. It's actually a 12 volt trigger. So we have a little microprocessor that plugs in via USB to the phone and when 12 volts is detected it sends a signal to the device to start recording so one of my favorite use cases is Hmm. you have your dash camera set up with this 12 volt trigger the lights go on it automatically starts your dash camera which then in turn automatically starts your body camera so you've reduced all of the manual extra steps so officer turns on their lights and that's all they need to do. Again, you always want to just make sure that muscle memory to turn on the cameras is there because not every situation involves turning on your lights, especially maybe in a more undercover situation or when you want to roll in dark on, on a potential subject. So uh, definitely was a fun one and, and shout out that it started with an intern project and some good management by the engineering team to see it to completion. Yeah, that's really cool. I hope you gave that kid a job. Uh, well, he's he's actually I think going to be a junior this year, but uh, maybe oh, okay. in two years he'll he'll definitely be welcome back with with open arms. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, just me here cutting in for a quick break. Have you subscribed to the podcast yet? If not, you need to. I'm going to be dropping some more episodes here over the coming weeks, and I don't want you to miss a single one. I've got some awesome guests lined up that I'm sure you're going to want to hear from. So please go to wherever it is that you prefer to listen to podcasts and subscribe to the show. Right now we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Castro, iHeartRadio, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Podchaser, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and Amazon. Now, if there's a place that you prefer to listen to podcasts that wasn't on that list, Would you please email me at adam at psi.chat and let me know what that is. I'd be happy to submit the show to that directory. All right, let's go ahead and jump back into the show. So you mentioned a little bit ago too, the the, uh, possibility of using your guys' system in an interview room capacity is, do you have other agencies that are doing that now? Because I think I was either one of the first or the first to actually get a a hair up my rear end and, and come up with a way to do that. But maybe you've applied that uh, more now. Yeah, we have. I think, I think you were the first and similarly, you were, I think our first agency in Colorado and not to digress too much, but it, it really, I think comes down to the customer service of when we did a good job with you. I think we have I, 10, 20 agencies in Colorado now just in the last couple of years because they saw how it worked and that we provided good service and you had some innovative ideas that they could use as a springboard when you use it in the jail, first agency in the jail to use it. Um, And yeah, so the interview room, we hear these stories and it's kind of entertaining to us where people are paying 10, $20,000 for an interview room solution when you can hook up a phone connect it to the Wi-Fi and start live streaming and recording and use a Bluetooth microphone or a Bluetooth button to start and stop recording, add the case number and it's all there. So again, sometimes a little bit of a head scratcher for people, but we, we definitely appreciated you doing a little bit of research on your own to help make it happen. And then setting up that template for 
other agencies, whether it be in Georgia or North Carolina or California or elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, I think by the time all is said and done, even including the cost of the device that we put in the interview room, I think I think I only spent a couple hundred bucks and we found that it actually worked better, far better than the built-in recording system that we had put into that room. Now, granted, that system was uh, probably six to seven years old by that point. And so, again, we're talking about newer technology. But yeah, I mean, for, for a couple, few hundred bucks, I mean, it was a no-brainer. I mean, all we did was I bought a RAM mount to put up in the corner uh, of, near the ceiling, uh, mounted the camera on that or the, the device, the phone, um, hardwired that into a outlet and then connected an external microphone to the phone and ran that down uh, to a strategic location that was mounted in the interview room where it would pick up the voices of the interviewer and the subject. And then, like you said, we put a, bought a little Bluetooth uh, button and mounted it on the wall right above the light switch as you enter the interview room. And that way, all you got to do is walk in the interview room, turn on the light switch, and then hit that Bluetooth button and it start recording. Yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's just so fun to see all the technology come together. And sometimes you just have to have an open mind and step back and say, hey, what technology is out there today? And it's okay to completely shift gears because just because something was working five years ago, that's a sunk cost. And being able to step back and take that more holistic approach with the latest technology is we really work, love working with agencies who are willing to do that and not just accept other solutions because that's the way it's been done in the past. So, yeah, that's the way we've always done it is one of, uh, that phrase is, is a pet peeve of mine. I, I, I can't tolerate that phrase when I hear, well, that's just the way we've always done it. It drives me nuts because the way we've always done it isn't necessarily the best way. And, you know, you guys are definitely demonstrating that with what you're doing. I, I think it's worth pointing out too, as we've talked about the interview room and the, and the jail part of it, in case people that are listening might be thinking, well, yeah, but I don't, I don't want to spend the money on, on having, uh, you know, providing a cellular service connection to those devices. Cause that can add up really fast, especially if you have a larger jail um, or a lot of interview rooms. Um, so it's, it's worth pointing out that in that use case, um, both for our jail and for our interview room, we just connected those devices to the Wi-Fi. We didn't even um, have a SIM card in those phones to be able to connect to a data network. Uh, you know, the the deputy would go out uh, on their rounds in the in the jail, and even if they were outside of the range of the Wi-Fi network, their camera would still continue to record, and it would store that data on the device itself in an encrypted fashion until they reconnected automatically with the Wi-Fi network. And then it would automatically upload that footage to our, our secure server uh, with visual labs. Right. So, yeah, there's, there's so many different permutations. And like you alluded to, there's, we, you know, we've, we've talked about the costs and the cost savings. And I, I think that's definitely important. And the technology, we of course take uh, a lot of pride in and, when we tell people, you know, they ask us, what's the cost of your solution and whatnot, and how does it compare? And it's definitely less expensive than a, a typical camera solution, but we're not trying to be the low cost, you know, race to the bottom type thing and just providing the overall value, the best bang for the buck. And one of our agencies in California, they joked like, Hey, if I want to do body cameras, I could just go to target and buy a GoPro. Um, but that would be kind of a little, a little silly. So it's, it's definitely a, a lower cost solution, but there's, it's so powerful and it's really fun to see how you balanced budget with functionality. Yeah. And it's, it's the perfect solution for that, I think, because I mean, you're as a data management solution, it's, I think bar none. I mean, uh, yeah, you can go buy a GoPro, but then what do you do with your data? You know, and some of these other body camera manufacturers that are out there, you know, where you can self host your, your footage. Yeah. I, I think some of the more old school folks, um, understandably think that that, oh, I want to, I want to own my footage and, and I get that. And I think part of that too 
And of course, Alex, we're not going to name any names, right? I think (laughs) part part of that is because there are unfortunately um, other players in in the market uh, of body-worn camera and devices that uh, would tend to hijack your data from you as well if you you start with them and and use their system and manage your your data in their cloud server and you decide you know what I'm not really happy with this and I want to go to a different platform um, I've heard some horror stories from other administrators of their data being essentially held for ransom and they have to pay in order to either, maintain their server there with that company or get their data out. And so I think that results in people thinking, oh, well, the then the proper solution is for me to just own my own data on my own server. And I think that that causes the opposite problem because now you have issues with internal security and how you know the, the ability to share that data easily. Um, so I wonder if you might speak to that and not only um, how easy it is to share the footage um, from within the Visual Lab system with with people, um, whether it's a records request or with the you know your prosecuting authority, but also how you guys manage uh, people's your your customers' data. Yeah, it's it's a great question. I think we hear it. You see it. You Google body cameras, or you hear it on the news. You hear this notion of data is so expensive, or storage is so expensive, and there are companies that charge a ton for storage or these download fees that you mentioned or retention fees. Um, we, we try to keep it as simple as possible. We've been very transparent about it, similar to the Southwest model of just transparent, fair pricing with cust- good customer service. In general, we yeah. charge about $50 per device per month. It includes all the storage. Our contract details that the agencies, the data is always theirs. And I think that's one, really one of the nice things too about being agnostic to device and being agnostic to carrier, there's a lot of great devices out there. There's a lot of great carriers out there. If in two years, your agency, which in fact, they actually did, they switched over from the Kyocera model to uh, some Samsung phones that they got from Vero and potentially may move to FirstNet at some point. We don't really care. It just gives that open ecosystem. And that's really what it's all about of what's best for the agency. With respect to the notion about cloud versus local, I think some departments have, I guess, yet to appreciate the time savings that comes with moving stuff to the cloud of IT departments are already overworked and trying to deal with cyber attacks and trying to manage local storage with redundant copies, maybe on paper, it looks cheaper to buy a huge 10 terabyte hard drive and see how it goes. But the maintenance on the servers and the firewalls, you're going to spend more man hours in IT time than it would have been to host it on the cloud. And it's arguably much more secure. So I think that's just one of those things that even since 2014, when we got started, the the ecosystem and mentality toward cloud versus local has changed, but there are still some holdouts that I think maybe just don't totally grasp that you can still own your data. It's just not in your own data center. So hopefully that makes sense to some of the listeners out there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a definitely a common misconception or, or even misunderstanding, if you will. So Alex, uh, I wonder if you might share with us a little bit um, about your background and how did you how did you come up with this idea? How did you start Visual Labs and and really what is it that keeps you passionate about it? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. Always, it's fun to look back, but can sometimes even be a little overwhelming because you see where we are today of having state agency customers and all over the United States, and it all started back in 2014 as part of my computer science senior project at Stanford University here in Palo Alto, California. And we were doing some stuff with cameras in cars. We were partnered with BMW as part of a senior project. And at the end of that project, we had some alumni who were in law enforcement that said, hey, you guys have some great technology. You're already leveraging smart technology and and integrated devices and connectivity, have you ever thought about 
the enterprise use case. And I imagine it's still kind of the case today of the enterprise software as a student at a university just isn't as sexy because you want your friends to be using the latest social app or the latest um, payments app or whatnot. And so I admittedly knew very little about enterprise software, knew very little about law enforcement, but I, we, we listened to some of this, this advice and say, Hey, you have a market out there that if you learn about could be a very interesting use of the technology. And as I mentioned earlier in this interview, our first client was the, the earthquakes for major league soccer and their security, because that was at least as close to law enforcement as you could find in the area where the stakes were just a little bit lower and really big shout out to, to Dave Cavill, who was the president of the earthquakes at the time and a Stanford alum who took a, took a risk being our first, our first customer there. And kind of the rest is history of then we showed that footage with their permission to law enforcement agencies. And, and as we've discussed, once you get one or two happy customers, the, the word spreads so much in law enforcement of what works and what doesn't work. And that's why we take so much pride in taking care of our customers. And, and it just is, it's a one day at a time. And some of it's just the timing of 2014 was Ferguson and 2020 has been George Floyd and Jacob Blake and just other sad things in our community. But some of it's just having a good product with good people and good customers when the timing is right. So what is it that keeps you passionate about it and moving forward and, and uh, you know, innovating new ideas and continuing to grow the platform? Yeah, I, I guess I missed that in the, in the last one. It's, that's all right. It, it's a, I think a lot of it's probably what keeps a law enforcement officer waking up in the day. It's helping people of there's, I've joked, you know, there's a lot of great technology out there and in some of the social media, that's, that's not really my cup of tea where, you know, you're, you're focusing on, you know, sharing pretty pictures or, you know, a, a recent vacation photo that you can see how many likes people get and try to get engagement and ad revenue. And that's, that's of course, an important part of the technology ecosystem. But I know that when I wake up every day and our team wakes up every day, we can look at each other and say, Hey, we're, we're helping people. And the videos, the locations, the GPS, it just shows what happened and nobody's perfect. Cops aren't perfect. Citizens aren't perfect, but we're providing real value to keep communities as safe as possible. And that's really what gets me up in the morning is I can do what I'm good at in terms of technology and leading technology teams and doing something that feels like it has a tangible impact on public safety and communities in an especially trying time like we've had this summer. Yeah. And I don't know that you intended to draw this out, Alex, but you did uh, in that statement there about, you know, nobody's perfect and we all make mistakes, uh, you know, but the reality is I got to tell you in, in our use of body cameras and your system specifically, uh, we were able to uh, exonerate our, our own staff more often than, than we actually found them being in the wrong of anything. I mean, more often than not, I mean, we would have, you know, whether it was a passing complaint or an actual formal complaint, we were able to pull footage and, and evaluate things and say, uh, no, he, he acted properly. He acted, uh, the way that he was expected to and trained to and within policy. And we were able to respond to those complaints, but we also saw fewer complaints because people knew they were being recorded. And there were, there were very few times where we had an issue um, whether it was reported to us by a citizen or it was something that um, came to my attention uh, just internally through other means where, you know, we'd review footage and say, okay, here was something that wasn't quite, you know, done properly. And we would address that uh, appropriately more often than not as a training issue. Um, very, very rarely did we have something arise to the need of discipline, but it's kind of a common misconception, especially amongst the line staff that can sometimes be resist resistive to this idea of implementing body cameras, they think, oh, now I'm going to get in trouble for everything. And 
truthfully, I found and what our guys eventually came to the realization of, because they were a little resistive early on as well. Eventually they realized, oh, this is for my protection. This is helping me be better at my job. And this is helping me prove that I know what I'm doing and I'm doing it well. And they could self-evaluate that way too. And so it's just huge to be able to do that. It was uh, very valuable. It's it's, it's good. The, they say the video doesn't lie. And again, vid- video is not perfect either. It doesn't always tell the whole story, but you're right. It, it is really great when you hear those stories about people getting exonerated when they're doing the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. So before we wrap up, anything else coming in the future that you want to give us a sneak peek about? Anything to share that you guys are working on? Yeah, I think probably one of the most exciting things is just keeping abreast with the the new hardware that comes out there. One device that recently came out that we're excited about is the it's called the Samsung X Cover Pro. It is a little bit of a throwback to some of the early smartphones. It actually has a replaceable battery. And in general, we see our agencies or officers can have 12-ish, 14 hours of, of battery life under normal circumstances. But there's those days that just go on and on and you're pulling a double shift and it's nice to have a replaceable battery as an option. And so Samsung has this new phone with multiple programmable buttons, which you like. The the button's actually red, so that's even better. And just more great devices that are coming out there. And when Android has improvements with Android 10 and Android 11, we can just take advantage of the latest thing. So we always have some stuff up our sleeves, but it's always, it's most often driven from customer requests or just as the technology evolves in our ecosystem. So one tangible thing, I guess, would be with Android 10, the you now have the ability where two different applications can share the microphone. And so one piece of technology that has been proposed to law enforcement for quite a while, and I'm, I imagine people pitched you, is this concept of push-to-talk, replacing your radio or as a supplement to the radio. So using right. the LTE over FirstNet or Verizon or whatnot, where sometimes there's dead spots for your land mobile radio. And so being able to do that over LTE is is huge. And then having Visual Labs not have any microphone conflict with push-to-talk, which is new in Android 10, we think could open some huge possibilities down the road where you not only had a three or four in one with body camera, digital camera, GPS, and smartphone, add the radio component to that. Now that's really more bang for your buck. So we're excited to potentially see how the push to talk world works with visual labs to have that solution be even more powerful on a single device. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, looking forward to seeing as you guys continue to grow and innovate new things. Um, I think you guys are, you're truly, you are innovative in this space. I mean, there is nobody else that I'm aware of that is doing what you guys are doing. And I think it's truly a special thing that you have. And I think uh, it's it's not going to be long before uh, some of these other companies uh, that are in the space uh, become quite envious of what you guys have. And maybe they already are. Uh, but I, th- I think uh, the cream always rises to the top. And I personally think you guys are already there. Um, happy to help you uh, get some more exposure here on the show and, and show people what you guys are up to. Because I, I, truth- I, I don't think there's any better solution out there. And I personally, obviously, I'm biased, <laughs> right? But um, I, I don't think it really matters whether you're a large metropolitan agency or you know, a small uh, two-man uh, department for a a really small municipality. I think what you guys have is a truly scalable solution that that fits everybody, which just isn't true uh, everywhere else. So um, I would like to, I guess, hand it over to you here, Alex, and ask you to, uh, you know, tell everybody that's listening, if they're interested in reaching out to you, getting a demo, or maybe they're already convinced and they're just like, Hey, you know what, let's cut through all the nonsense. I don't even want to test anything. Let's Let's just start working with Visual Labs. How do they get a hold of you? What do they need to do uh, to do that? That sounds good. It's, it's kind of funny you bring that up because I think uh, your neighbors to the south in, in Kit Carson County did did the same thing. Once once 
you guys tested us, they, they were sold. So uh, always, always appreciate the referrals there. Yeah. Tom, Tom came up to me at the end uh, during the sheriff's conference and said, Hey, are you guys happy with these guys? And I said, yeah, they're, they're absolutely awesome. And I gave him some examples and he said, okay, I'm sold. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then he yeah. went back over to your booth and signed up. So I just, I just wanted to throw that cause it's, it's a, it's a funny thing I'll always remember. And and the fact that you said maybe maybe some people are already sold by this podcast it's not it's not as crazy as you might joke but uh, yeah our yeah. website is visuallabsinc.com um, again my name is Alex Popoff and uh, or you can contact us on the website read some cool blog posts check out some use of force videos of actually publicly released footage from multi hundred person agencies and just see how it looks in the field and do a trial and just uh, we just try to keep treating people the right way and build a great product with great customer service every day and things will hopefully play out well from there well awesome and I'll go ahead and put some links in the show notes uh, if you want to send me some stuff um, whatever Alex has for me I'll go ahead and put in the show notes so that you guys can check it out um, whether that's links to some example videos like you said or their website social media whatever you can find that all there in the show notes well Alex it's been awesome. I always love taking time to chat with you. It's good to catch up. Thanks for being on the show. No, thank you. And thanks for being a good friend as well. Yeah, likewise. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out this episode of Public Safety Innovators Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please head over to my website at publicsafetyinnovatorspodcast.com or simply psi.chat where you can check out episode notes and other episodes from the show. While you're there, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or really anywhere else that you prefer to listen to podcasts. I would greatly appreciate if you could help other people find the show by leaving a review wherever it is that you prefer to listen to the show. I'd love to hear from you. If you have feedback about the show, a suggestion on a guest, or maybe you're a public safety innovator yourself and would like to be a guest on the show, please head over to my contact page on the website and you can submit that information there or just email me at adam at psi.chat. All right, I'll catch you on the next episode.